everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Transformer Issues. I am your host, Elon, and with me is my co-host, Aiden. And this week, we continue onward with reviewing our ongoing saga, Last Stand of the Wreckers, with Issue 4. And for our tour review this week, we brought with us the main protagonist and antagonist of the Last Stand of the Wreckers story, Transformer Generations Springer and Titans Return Overlord. But first, we'd like to give out a special shout-out to Jazz Fuzz Studios. Hey, Chicagoland, if you have a story you want to tell and you need a podcast service to record it, just look up Jazz Fuzz Studios. And you can find us on Twitter at TransformerPod. Or on the Instagram at Transformer Issues. So stick around for the fourth episode of Transformer Issues. Before we get started with the issue today, I'd like to give a shout out to the fellow collector community. Uh, heads up on Amazon, they have all four of their exclusives available right now. I already got three of them. I or I pre-ordered one and got two of them already. They look really nice. The Combiners Wars Blast Off and Titans Return Repugnus, which is a fantastic toy. I highly recommend it. I will probably bring it in for a review at some point in the future. And for those Transformers Masterpiece collectors, recently the Beast Wars MP41, it was 41, right? I think so. MP41 Dinobot was recently released, and you can, and on the Big Bad Toy Store, the MP42 Beast Wars Megatron is now up for pre-order. Mm-hmm. And in addition, uh, up for pre-order is the Throne of the Primes, where you get a special edition version of... Beast Wars Optimus, Optimus Primal, all in a special deco, and it gets complete with its own little throne with its scepter for your little primes. So I highly recommend that. I already got my pre-order in. So with that, let's continue onward. We begin with Transformers Last Night of the Wreckers, issue four, written by James Roberts and Nick Roche. Nick Roche and Guido Guidi is on uh, pencils. I hope I pronounced that last one right. And we open up with Iron Fist uh, in his workshop getting a special communique from Prowl. And what do you know? It's another flashback. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot of those in every single one of those issues. Yeah, it's Not just, complaining. <laughs> it's just layered storytelling, I guess. <laughs> Subplots, probably. Yeah. But hey, cameo from Prowl. Oh, yeah. And uh, it looks like uh, it opens up with Prowl chit-chatting with Iron Fist about his uh, Fistitron uh, legacy, as you, so is the wheel, as the... Uh, Wrecker's unofficial chronicle or chronicler. Okay. And then uh, Prowl mentions an accident, but more on that is on that more on that later. But he makes a Iron Fist a proposition he cannot refuse. And when we cut back to present day, we go into Cup. Let's just say, pretty much murdering two Decepticons, bringing our death toll to. 19? Yeah. No? Oh, wow. That's just like, wow. Vicious. He decapitated one. Sub-Zero, Mortal Kombat 1 style. After Cup makes short work of two very disposable background Decepticons. Otter. <laughs> mm-hmm. We get a brief intro- We get a brief shot of Cup and Guzzle standing in front of a massive vault door. That turns out it's a cell for... 
No, uh, the big honcho himself, Grimlock, only who, who is uh, according to this other Decepticon here, unfortunately is dead. Hmm? No, he's not dead. Missing. He's not. No. Oh, he's uh, he's actually missing. Oh, okay. Apparently, Overlord just kept him in there and just fed him a broadcast feed of everything he did to Garrus Nine and all the other Autobots, which kind of drove Grimlock mad because that's totally not his thing. Totally not his. That's very. A very nice way to put it. Mm-hmm. But then we cut to the other other group of the Wreckers looking towards Equitus. Turns out to be a giant, massive supercomputer that's only designed to do one thing. Determine guilt. What is it, a lie detector? Kind of. It's more like, you know, judge, jury, and executioner all in one, you know? In some cases, Judge Judy and Executioner all in one. And then we get, it turns out there are cons at the door bursting or trying to burst their way through, but they just can't quite pull off their Kool-Aid, Kool-Aid man impression smoothly just yet. It can't become the Kool-Aid man. Mm-hmm. But then we return back to the spark extraction chamber or what was on the door extinction chamber where we see Impactor, Springer, and... I believe that's Twin Twist? Yes, it like is. Dis- uh, no pun intended here. Wrecked Twin Twist. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. He's not only missing his lower jaw, but it's just like, oh, wow. They peeled back the special eye casing, I guess, and facial metal, I guess. So right now it's just like he's just hanging. There's some parts of his face that are just hanging on there by there just by a thread or, in that case, some solder. He's missing the entire lower jaw. That's brutal. Mm-hmm. Then we return back to the Aquitas chamber where we see a another flashback. Another one where there we look upon a there is a wave of Decepticons. Mm-hmm. Yep. We're getting straight into Iron Fist reminiscing about the big final showdown between the Wreckers and Squadron X. The evil Wreckers filled with uh, evil looking Decepticons. I happen to know for a fact that one of the, all of these guys are special obscure cameo transformers that appeared in the background of the early UK issues. Because like, I remember one of these guys beating up on a guy who turned into a piano and he just didn't like the song that he was playing. I, I'm not even making that up. That's an actual thing that happened in the comics. Do we just warp back to Gen 1 again? Yes. Oh, yeah. And There's an entire episode of, once again, uh, Soundwave and Megatron getting drunk on Energon. Oh, yeah. That still was that, always fun. Still the best episode on the show. And then, you know, you act, strangely enough, you know where that beating took place? Between the piano and the Decepticon? Mm. A bar. <laughs> well, why didn't I guess that? <laughs> so, it conti- so we continue onward with Squadron X and the Wreckers man, just wailing on each other. And it looks like Springer is caught in a bind with Impactor right behind him. Only not caught in a spring. <laughs> <laughs> Desperate and out of options, Impactor decides to shoot through Springer at Springer's request. Just getting the uh, drop on Squadron X. I mean, if it works. <laughs> yep, and it totally did. And He's not dead, thankfully. <laughs> oh, yeah. It looks like Springer can take it. You know, he's just feeling a little bit less than whole. And, and then we cut to uh, later on in the flashback to... Sandstorm, from what it looks like, bursting out, missing an arm, telling Squadron X is on the loose, with Impactor deciding, leading the Wreckers to have one final fatal showdown with 
their evil nemesises. Or is it nemesi? I, I don't nemesis. know. Nemesis. Nemesis. Words. Mm-hmm. English is hard. Yes. I failed it. <laughs> <laughs> and then we go to cut to a flashback to monitor, back to the in front of Akmedus with the Wreckers debating who is going to turn on the switch to allow Akmedus to be copied onto another hard drive. And it turns out it's kind of a dick move if you're not the right person, because if you are not the right person, you have to sacrifice your spark, which basically means you have to sacrifice your own life right. or make sure there's a disposable Decepticon near you. Rest in pieces. Mm-hmm. And we get a little bit meta here with Iron Fist and Pyro saying that it was always going to be, of all the characters who were going to be donating their sparks to get to activate Aquidus, it was always going to be the second stringers and none of the G1ers, which is totally meta. That, oh, geez, I'm going to be up all night thinking about that now. Thanks. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it. It's just layers upon layers. Was it an onion? In order to get Aquidus up and running, it turns out you need to sacrifice one of your, it turns out the user needs to sacrifice their own sparks unless they're on us special VIP list, which apparently none of the records are on. Privilege. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then we get a little bit of moment meta because it turns out the only records who can be afforded to be sacrificed are all the new guys and none of the Generation 1 cast characters. I assume the writers are just tired. It's like, like we just introduced these guys. Nobody really likes them. So let's continue on <laughs> with the cast that everyone knows. So we don't, so no one continues to complain about these characters aren't interesting or anything, which let's just throw the rookies in. Oh, yeah. But the fun part about having like the second stringers is that it allows like creators to tell like these like all like high risk stories. You know, they're kind of like, I guess, like the rogue squadron of this franchise. You know, somebody, (laughs) somebody who like if we get attached to, there could be something going down. It's always cool to see, you know, bigger franchise use secondary, you know, second stringer characters because it totally allows um, the writers to actually go a little bit crazier, tell more high risk stories, sort of like Rogue Squadron. You know, you kind of have to like hear a group of characters that are not going to be, you know, the main battle or like the main movies or anything, but you get attached to them, but you have to be careful because, you know, they just might end up, you know, going squish. What is this, Rogue One? Yeah. Oh, definitely. It's kind of. Except I care this time. Yeah. Well, Vader was cool in Rogue One. Vader was the only good part about that movie, in my opinion. No, no, it was cool. It, it, like I said, in my opinion, the scene where Vader murders all of those yeah. rebels, it best made, scene in the movie. It made Vader scary again, which was super important after like the prequels. And, except Revenge of the Sith. That was a good movie. <laughs> yeah. I think it was just good because it was the most violent of it. <laughs> but, you know, I felt like the lightsaber duel kind of went on a little too long because you can tell when, like, everybody knows there's, like, a scene where, you, like, the second they start fighting over the lava, the CG budget starts to go down in quality because it's all spaced it's, out too much. I, I Just saying, I enjoyed myself with that movie, unlike other movies. Okay. I don't like sand. It's coarse and rough and irritating. And it gets mm-hmm. everywhere. Mm-hmm. And you killed not just the the sand mothers, but the sand babies, too. I and murdered the them. Ones. <laughs> I murdered them. Mm-hmm. Not just the men, but the women and the children, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the sand dogs, too. <laughs> what? 
I assume they had pets, you know. Saying people could have pets, you know, maybe like a Jawa on a string. <laughs> Who wouldn't want a Jawa? Come on, if if Ewoks <laughs> can be like collectible teddy bears, then Jawas can too. I'm sorry. The Jawas are just sunburnt Ewoks. That's why we, yes, they, they cover themselves. Exactly. They, they're not built for this planet, but they're going to make it work, damn it. <laughs> so it gets down to a choice between Pyro and Iron Fist. And just when the debates uh, continue onwards, we get a nice little unofficial biography of Iron Fist about his life and choices, and including the one time he met Optimus Prime and Optimus Prime forgot his name. Y- yeah, that's me. You're mm-hmm. probably... Yeah, that's me. You're probably wondering how I ended up in this situation. But then we can continue onwards with a sacrifice by Topspin because, well, it looks like Twin Twist is going out anyway, and he's going to take Topspin with him. So Topspin is, screw you guys, I'm going home first. Let's just say Topspin is Eric Cartman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so before we continue on, let me ask you a question here. Yeah. Um, which one of which one of the... Uh, who would if you were there, which one of the the wreckers would you have thrown in? Thrown in? Yeah, which one are you sacrificed? I don't know if I should say it because it was like a kind of like a plot to reveal it, plot point to reveal. It. But um, if I were to guess, I would probably say you know Pyro, just because I like Pyro less in this scene because he comes across as more of a jerk. Optimus Prime look alike. Yeah, he's like not quite, you know, Optimus Prime-y enough. I would have just, I would have just had him thrown out so I don't, for, so I don't get confused. Like, I don't think, oh yeah, that's Optimus Prime. No, it it's it's not. It's a, it's a look alike. Yeah, no one it, likes him. Well, he's kind of a bit of a jerk right now, but hey, maybe that will change in the future. Possibly. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, top spin, twin twist. Oh, punch the mic. Top spin's going anyway. He's like, I cannot. Have my brother miss a jaw. <laughs> mm-hmm. I can't feel that all day. You know? <laughs> I can't, so might as well just end it. Oh, oh. also, my brother will probably feel it as well, so... Yeah. Whatevs. No one bites the dust. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, can you imagine how awkward that phantom limb syndrome would be? Like, you you feel like you don't have a jaw, but you actually have a jaw, but you feel like you don't have one. Like, a phantom pain for the jaw that you have. Like, Twin Twist is, survives, but... Topsman's then he's like, oh, come on, really? Yeah, like, no, I just survived. Mm -hmm. Did you have to do that now? Yeah. Damn it. And where we are, Topspin is finally done. He's done with all this, so he just throws himself into uh, Aquitas. And before he can finish the the Wreckers line, Wrecking Rule, he's about to say Rule, and then just gets annihilated, and there goes his spark. Along with Sue and Twist. Which transitions us back to the other group nicely, where a shock stalker stands just completely baffled as to why Twin Twist suddenly exploded. I mean, after all, he was only working the jaw and the face, so the rest of him should have been unexploded by now. Spontaneously combusted. Oh, by the way, uh, our death count is now 21. Oh, wow. These, like, yep, everybody, like, you know, they may be made out of metal, but they just drop like flies. So they drop like flies or insecticons. Mm-hmm. Squished insecticons. Squished insecticons on a windshield. <laughs> yep. And as we progress onward, we find that Aquitas is online and the cameras are rolling over throughout the entire prison. And they see the Decepticons at the door, or their door, so to speak. 
Like, knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, what should we call it? Oh, Iron Fist gets the download of his life, where he gets the entire Aquitas drive installed to his brain directly. I can't imagine what that feels like. <laughs> yeah, apparently, yeah. It, like It's like, wow. It's so much information, he's beaming it to the sky, or... It's coming out of his eyeballs. Oh, yeah. Speaking of which, check out Impact during the next page, or the next panel there. Oof. Like, the best way I can describe it is, like, it's eye torture, I guess. Somebody, like, has taken... His eyes are, like, pried open. Yeah. And he's got a a sharp object pointed directly at it. Mm -hmm. It looks like a scalpel. Like I, I know it's just a robot, but I, I can feel that. Oh yeah, <laughs> that doesn't look pain. Like that's gonna, that, that's gonna be some major buffing. I mean, it's just having the eyes pride open to begin with is bad. But right before he can get the stab, stab in the eyeball, uh, he get cup and guzzle, cup and guzzle surprise, and death toll goes up to twenty one. Someone just got shot in the head. Or mm-hmm. is he? Is he dead? Oh no, he's still standing. Oh, never mind. <laughs> but don't worry, Springer takes care of him. Okay, so, yep. By, via impalement. Oh, yeah. Facial impalement. Impalement. Mm-hmm. 22. And then, oh, well, here we go with the, with Snare, the Decepticon that met uh, Guzzling Cop, talking about... Guzzling Cop. Mm-hmm. Guzzling Cop. That's a good, that's their, their, their partner name, their, their team name, Guzzling Cop. It it's works. A, it's like Starsky and Hutch. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, Cup does not have a sidecar. This is heresy. Nah. Someone fix that problem. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm sure he's got, like, a nice little pack on his, like, side. <laughs> it's got on his belt. <laughs> yeah, his fanny pack. Yeah. They have the best-looking fanny packs because, like, it just it's built into them, whereas, like, people, it's just, like, it's an extension of your gut. Yeah, I guess that works. Mm-hmm. Was it a kangaroo pouch? Yeah. But, again, it doesn't. it just doesn't look nice. I like I like the idea of a fanny pack, but I just can't agree with the execution of it. <laughs> awesome in theory, kind of a mess in practice. Uh-huh. Watch that communism. Oh yeah. Speaking of which, there is a mess on the floor as we see part of Snare's brain and face just blown wide open. And he's talking about how Overlord gives every pit fighter a choice. Win twelve rounds, and your choice is to die or fight Overlord, which is according to him not much of a difference. It's going to end the same exact way. Speaking of Overlord, this just in Overlord's the Kool-Aid man and busts through the door. Mm-hmm. And it seems like Overlord and Springer are about to duke it out. Oh, yeah. It's a showdown and it's going to continue. And we got before we, well, it's a showdown. And before we can continue that to that, we cut back to Aquitas. Back to Aquitas territory where it varies just like a. Get get your ass ready. We got business. <laughs> uh, Ver- Verity's still there. Oh, yeah. Still, still has broken ribs. <laughs> yeah, but she's still moving. And apparently there is a safe way out of this. They can either blow up every Decepticon's uh, deterrence chip, or which would incidentally take Impactor along with them, or they can try to save Impactor and fight the, off the Decepticons. But it's a debate, and it's down to Iron Fist, who closes the issue with saying, everything's changed, everything. I know the truth now. 
knowing what I now say, do it. Also, so begs the question: Why did he is just he become? Did he just become Emperor Palpatine? Do it. No. Yes. Actually, yeah, because he just thrown the leader of the Wreckers, Impactor, under a bus. Wonder why. Perfect. <laughs> so, what do you think of the issue, Aiden? Um, I can't really say I have any complaints. To be really honest, uh, to okay, how about I? I'm gonna start with giving it a rating. Okay. Let's just uh, let's give this four snare heads out of five. I like it. Actually, <laughs> four twin twist bottom jaws out of five. Yes, I the that's even better. You you topped yourself, sir. Top spinned myself. So why give it four out of f- five top spin jaws or I'm sorry twin twist jaws? Bottom jaws. I know just because. Once again, it's like every single issue and has some exposition, but a lot more action this time. As opposed to a lot more shooting, we get more brutal death, but what do I expect from the Transformers comics, to be honest? But definitely well-paced. I feel for the characters, and Topspin Twin Twist bit the dust. Yep. One of them was missing a jaw. As always, the artist, like, the drawings are perfect, and the coloring is really on point too. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. And uh, are there any particular moments that you liked about it? Um, probably the second to last page where Springer and Overlord are about to fight. Oh yeah. Because a classic fight between the main protagonist and antagonist is something I always look forward to, and just because these two characters look amazing, and the mainly just because of the drawing and also just their regular design. Is amazing. I definitely am looking forward to the fight. <laughs> Who do you think would come out in the, uh, on top in this fight? Now, if I were to think about this logically, probably Overlord because of just the information we've been given. But I, th- I think it might be Springer because plot armor. Yeah, he's got thick plot armor, and none of that. He's got 1984 Transformers the movie plot armor, which basically means he's somebody. He's like going to be on the top five, top ten list of all. F- all-time favorite Transformers. Because he he wasn't, you see, he didn't, he wasn't one of the original cast to die in that movie, so. Yep. And he was introduced, so. Right. Yeah, he was introduced in the film, and it was a pretty good introduction. Mm-hmm. But then again, he is the Han Solo of the franchise, and we all, as we all know, you just have to wait 30 years for Han Solo to die. <laughs> What's your opinion on the issue? How many, how many Twin Twist Jaws would you get, would you give this? I would also give it uh, four out of five twin twist jaws, or um, lower jaws, as it were. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just like it because we finally get to know more about Iron Fist. Uh, we find out the mysterious circumstances as to why he was selected on to go on the team when he seems more of like the Wreckers fanboy material, but not Wreckers material at all, <laughs> per se. Yeah. He's just there tagging along. <laughs> yeah. But now he has Aquitas, so... Oh yeah, he's got he's got what like I imagine can only be just tons upon tons of case files in his head, you know. All the information. Mhm. And then uh, other parts I liked about it is I did like that meta moment with Iron Fist and Pyro saying that they kind of realized that because they well in the in-universe explanation was they weren't arc worthy or they weren't like the more famous team uh, members, but it just, it does kind of point out to the fact that like, 
in Transformers, characters from like the first two seasons tend to have like um you know, like as you said, plot armor mm-hmm. where like they there have been stories about them, but they're not exactly high risk. No. Um or there's not much places where the writer can go because everybody has an idea of like how those characters should sound like. Whereas like Pyro, Iron Fist, Guzzle, even Rotorstorm, like these are they're all they were all obscure like European releases, I think. Yeah, they or, were UK comics. Oh yeah, or like uh, obscure like American Generation Two releases. So nobody really has like an idea of like what those characters should sound like. Uh, I know Iron Fist around this time. There was another comic going around from like the official fan club where they brought Iron Fist and they gave him an Australian accent and just had him be like, you know, hey, put another smoke on the kippa or something like that. And nobody objected to it because there, in nobody's minds, there wasn't any backlog or wasn't any reference points. So. No, because they're like, I don't think anyone who didn't, who doesn't mainly read these comics like myself is really all that attached to those characters mm-hmm. as opposed to people like Springer who's who've been in other forms of Transformers media. Yeah, like like it's like Han Solo, like how can you kill Han Solo, JJ Abrams? But uh yeah, so yeah, I enjoyed the heck out of the issue. I felt the art was fantastic as um, always. <laughs> and I do love that page where like Overlord is pulling a Kool-Aid man bursting through the wall. Oh yeah. Mhm. And you just get like, and with the like Springer's face on the panel below it, it's just like you get the biggest fight night vibe ever. So he he looks ready. Oh yeah. Also, I love his jaw. He's got like a big ass jaw. <laughs> you gotta have, gotta have his own thing for his face. Mm-hmm. Let's let's just make it the jaw. Why not? Oh yeah. I mean, it works. So yeah. Uh, overall, I think this was a fantastic issue. So, who do you want to handle first? Um, I'd say probably the Generation Springer, because I'm a bit more familiar with Springer overall and this toy specifically. Oh, yeah. Well, in that case, have at it, dude. So, as of right now, Springer is in uh, one of his alt modes, because Springer is actually a triple changer. Currently, he's in his car mode. And right off the bat, I gotta say, the panning and sculpting is fantastic, and, and great use of his... Uh, the cannon that this figure comes with. It's placed right on top of the car. There's a little turret. It does look... I think it'll look a lot more sleek without it, but unlike a lot of other um, alt car modes that have the weapons on it as like a turret, this doesn't look too bad, and I could definitely ignore it. Color The colors is classic Springer colors, and for his front, the hood of his car, it's all yellow, which doesn't look that bad at all. No. It just... Not entirely clashes with the green, but unlike other co- color combinations with green, it it doesn't hurt my eyes mm-hmm. as much. And the sword that also the figure comes with, because it's Springer, he always comes with the sword, is placed beautifully on the bottom of the alt mode. <laughs> How many turrets would you rate this mode? <laughs> I would give it five out of five as well. Um, this thing looks almost... It looks like a... It almost feels like if I just painted it black, it would make a great Batmobile. Mm. Particularly like a muscle car version of a Batmobile. That's oh, yeah. how sleek it would be. It's even got like little fins on the back that like double. Like the spoiler in the back doubles as, um, I guess, the rotary fan for the rear of uh, the helicopter mode. Yeah, it's definitely. So like you can extend- tell this is 
You can tell this is definitely used for the helicopter mode if you remember that he has a helicopter mode, but it perfectly fits with the rest of the design. Oh, yeah. Like, in a, it, like pretty well, so wheels spin very nicely. Oh, yeah, and it moves pretty nicely. I mean, I, I feel like it's one of the best... It's not only one of the best Springer toys of all time, but it's probably one of the best Generations toys of all time. I mean... They went back and they repainted this to be like a hot rod figure in Japan as an exclusive, <laughs> and I st- I still want that figure if only because it looks so perfect. You know, like that's how you want a transformer to look like. Yeah, this is also from the same line as the Transformers Generations Blitzwing that I personally don't really like. But oh, yeah, the you other like triple them, changer, the other tripper changer, yeah, who's a tank and a jet. But yeah, this one was like they. They went back, like, it was originally supposed to be another triple changer Autobot named Sandstorm, mm-hmm. who's like a beach buggy and another helicopter. But they noticed how similar it looked to Springer in Last Stand of the Wreckers. So they spent an entire additional year going back to Blueprint and changing all the parts just to get that, just to get that, you know, homage closer on the nail, so to speak. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's a sweet mode. And perfect. So why don't we continue with another alt mode with Titans Returns Overlord. Which is actually split into two alt modes. Oh, yes. Uh, the bottom are lo- the waist and lower legs form a M1 Abrams tank, or at least a close approximation with it. It comes complete with a little cockpit figure for a Titans Return figure. Uh, they're basically the guys who are little guys that change into the heads of the larger robot mode. And unfortunately, the turret is lacking. It doesn't rotate, and you can't even rotate the um, the barrel upwards. So it's pretty much a hard stationary mode. So it's a brick. Yes, essentially a brick with it like some roll. lovely wheels. Okay, it well, does roll. I'll give it that much. <laughs> oh yeah, they managed to squeeze that in. But um, so I give it as just like a simple vehicle mode, and by itself, I, mean, I will give it three I mean, turrets out of five turrets. Okay. Just only because, like, in Transformer toys, it's always been a thing where, like, they avoid, that you can either, like, spin it 180 degrees around or you can lift the barrel. This one's kind of like, no, you get none of that. You're just staying still. But I do like the little cockpit for the uh, Titan Master figure. Yeah. It's a nice way to store it. Mm hmm. And then we continue onwards with the arms and upper torso of Overlord, which I think looks a lot better, especially mostly because of the painting. Oh, yeah. It changes into a futuristic version of an SR-71 Blackbird, or at least the original toy changed into an SR-71 Blackbird. This one's more of like a homage or like a future alien homage to it, if you could. I look at it and I just think of a ship from Destiny. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's got that... Yeah, it does have Destiny vibes going for it, especially with like the, uh, the air intakes looking more like the... I guess like the big engine coils or warp coils on the side of the, the Destiny spaceships. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but this thing is a little bit fun. It's got uh, a landing strut, and it's also got a little cockpit like the tank for the uh, your Titan Master figure. Unfortunately, it is a little bit tough to pry open. I forgot how to do this one. Uh, okay, hold on. There we go. That took a little too long, but you know, it, you kind of want your Titan's Return figure to be safe because inside is the head for Overlord, including the big lips and Roman statuesque nose. So, 
Okay. But yeah, in terms of like how would I rate this uh, jet mode? Well, uh, I kind of give rank it four out of five uh, jet in- or air intakes, if you want to call if we need to rank it that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really have any... I mean, most Transformer jets don't really have any, you know, bells and whistles. Some of them have... Le- like, this does have the ubiquitous landing gear, but it doesn't have anything that allows it to roll on the bottom. And it doesn't have any, you know, missile firing stuff. So it's like a basic jet, but I give it, uh, you know, just... It, it's not too bad. It's not too great. But it, in terms of, like, what it can do... But it looks fantastic. Sure, if you got like a like some way of a figure stand, you'd probably put this up in the air. Because this looks like it was made to be up into the air. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it's also uh, this toy is a remake of another figure called Bla- uh, Sky Shadow or Black Shadow, who's also very similar. He changes into a tank and a jet, but unlike uh, Overlord here, those you can actually connect the tank to the bottom of the jet mode. So that way it can carry it around, but... Why? Uh, so, like, you can deploy your... I just don't think mo- that would look good. Oh, it doesn't. That's... It's just there to move your tank around faster. Yeah. That's yeah. going to look too a bit bulky. So well, it would have the problem that I don't have with Springer, in right. a way. <laughs> has, a, has a Transformer ever got stuck mid-transformation? Yes, it has happened. What, what happens? <laughs> they just stand there, like, looking all pathetic begging for help, asking others to, like, hey, can you, like, flip my, you know, fins down so that way this can trigger? Or can you, like, can you actually put, like, throw me against the wall so that way this can get knocked loose, you know? <laughs> Especially, like, I mean, it that's... is possible to transform a Transformer while they're, they're asleep. <laughs> if you, like, bang at the right spot. Some human just goes up to them in their sleep and messes with them. Oh, yeah. You just have to hit the right spot. <laughs> Gotta aim. <laughs> So here we have Springer with his helicopter mode, mm-hmm. and I gotta say, it does not look like an actual helicopter, but not that I'm complaining, because I don't think it's supposed to. It's, it's Cybertronian. When it doesn't look like anything you resemble, anything that resembles an Earth vehicle, or yeah. vaguely, just it's, go Cybertronian. Sure. So if it looks like a tangled mess of wires and like melted solder everywhere, Cybertronian mode. Cybertronian. <laughs> So just to go straight away, I feel like the, the the Generation Springer's helicopter mode is probably a four or three out of five. Oh, yeah, four. I go with that because, of course, doesn't look like a functioning doesn't look like a functioning helicopter, but Cybertronian. But my personal favorite part about this is the fact that his sword splits and becomes the rotary blades. Well, I'd give it a four rotary blades out of five, mostly because. It just doesn't feel completely solid and put together. Not completely, but it does not look that bad. And like I said, the rotary blade by itself is just sells it for me because it's a very clever use of weapon storage. And I could, I could see this thing in the middle of a battle on Cybertron or on Earth even for, for our current story, Garrus 9. I think it's one of the definitely the cooler looking helicopter modes that Transformers ever had. And I, again, just having that blade or this the helicopter blades become the sword and just plug into his hand works so beautifully. Uh, my only complaint is the helicopter mode is a little less secure than the car mode. Mm-hmm. Uh, Not solid. Not yeah. even plugs in properly. Yeah, it relies upon a lot of little tabs to get things uh, secured and transformed. So if you're not too careful, 
or if you don't know everything just right, it's entirely possible to um, end up having a looser figure than you want it to be. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and go to Titans Returns Overlords Robot Mode, which is the combined form of the jet mode and the tank with the tank forming the legs and waist and the jet mode forming the uh, torso and arms and the head just being plugged in like a and a nice fancy helmet here. This is a Gal Guy Gar? <laughs> mm-hmm. Kind of. It's almost. But also has one extra cool feature. Uh, you oh. can actually store other Titan Return heads in the chest. Including one of the ones that it comes with. Yeah. Well, that's a spare one that I had. That yeah. I just gave him around because it's like two figures. Like the original fig- uh, toy was a Power Master and came with two little guys that would plug into the chest that would allow it to transform. It's got to be face first, and it doesn't go all the way in. Doesn't? Okay. Yeah, unlike the original toy where you can actually plug the little figures that it comes with into the chest, and they just actually go flush and be stored uh, safely. This one, unfortunately, the Titan Masters only go in halfway, so you kind of have to keep the chest open. Whenever I see like a chest open gimmick on Transformers, I just really think with the Matrix of Leadership. Oh, yeah. like That's just a stigma now. Uh, how would you write the difficulty in Transformation? It's not a super hard transformation, especially compared to Generations uh, Springer over here. It's like you basically, you crack the tank open kind of like in the half in the middle. You pull out the legs and the torso. And then the jet mode is basically you flip the uh, nose of the plane backwards and you detach the cockpit area. And then the, I guess like the air intake or scram jet or whatever whatever it is, like that form the arms. So you just basically pull them forward and then flip the fist out and then you're done. And then it's you another, plug in. Really feels like another Titans Return figure, much oh, like yeah. the ones from last week. Oh, yeah. And then you plug in the forward cockpit mode as, uh, as a shield, but it also doubles as its own little drone for a tit- another Titans Return figure that you can just plug in the cockpit area. Just that tab into here? Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, no, it doesn't, unlike the comic where the, or the original uh, Overlord toy, toy where the drone can go in the forearm, this one only plugs into the upper arm. And it, but the nice part is it can, it can go either left or right setup, but it's close. But there are shapeway things where you can just buy and then add it and make it look more comic accurate, so yeah. to speak. So uh, the overall look of it is pretty nice. Oh, the mm-hmm. colors are... Not as nice as the jet mode, mm-hmm. but still pretty good because most of the jet mode kibble is actually on the back of the figure. And I would like to say the front of the jet is definitely a great use of kibble. Oh, yeah. Where it just becomes a, a shield slash a drone. But my actual problem with this figure is its posability. Not that it's really bad. It just actually feels pretty stiff. Mostly because well, of all the ratchet joints. Yeah. I mean, it's big, so they kind of have to go ratchety with all the joints just because of much like my star, Much like my Starscream. Oh, yeah. I mean, my only complaint is for something that's like $45, I kind of expect it to do just slightly more. But for the most part, I am entirely satisfied. They managed to do a great job of capturing the look from the comic. I mean, it's a little bit short in some areas, like the shoulders. Mm-hmm. And then... Just like the fact that you can't plug the drone into the forearms, but 
I don't mind it so much. I've been actually waiting for this figure for, or I was waiting for that figure for like a number of years because they didn't print it until last year and last time of the records came out, I want to say at least eight years ago. So it it was like a long wait. And the ironic thing being third-party manufacturers left and right men should make their own versions of Overlord. Because third-party always comes through from what I've what yeah. I've seen, especially with Springer. Oh, yeah. With the open-and-play Big Spring, which is a Masterpiece-style Springer. It's always fun. Oh, yeah. It was like, yeah, I remember, like, there was this one Overlord one that looked straight from the comic, like, even more so than this guy. But the $400 price tag kind of prevented me from going out and get one. You <laughs> That's know? more expensive than, like, two Masterpiece figures, depending oh. on which ones, but still. Oh, yeah, that's that's sometimes that can be like an almost the bulk of like an entire year's worth of Transformers toys. Yeah, <laughs> or at the very least like two thirds of it. So it's kind of hard to justify the spending that much when for four hundred dollars I can get like at least a half a dozen guys, you know, or at least a dozen toys, you know, that <laughs> look just almost as faithful and have like maybe not as good engineering, but just still solid overall. Overall, yeah. But uh, how many rotary rotary blades would you rate the difficulty of the Springer, like the helicopter mode? The helicopter mode, transforming it was a little bit fiddly. Like yeah. it's not quite super intuitive. Like I would need not the instructions, but I would need the final picture with from like a couple angles just to figure out how to transform it. If I didn't have the instructions, yeah. I do definitely feel like the entire like the difficulty. And the entire helicopter mode was definitely sacrificed for the robot mode and the car mode, mm-hmm. which is not a huge, a hugely terrible thing. I just wouldn't transform this into helicopter mode just for the display. Yeah. Not would I display it like this anyways. Yeah, I'd, I'd kind of want to go for that Springer robot mode just because of how sweet it looks. How many uh, shoulder pylons would you rate the final overlord robot mode uh i would rate the final overlord robot mode probably like another four out of five um just because like i think it needs a just a little bit more to get me there but it does a really good job um it's fun it's playable it's got like i feel decent posability or like solid posability for its size again it's just a little stiff but yeah at that size of a figure you kind of want that just because over time it will get a little bit loose, so yeah, definitely. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, I I recommend if you liked uh, if you liked the last ten of the records and you enjoyed Overlord, uh, I highly recommend getting the figure if you can still find him. Uh, he's been out. He came out, I believe, twenty sixteen. So you'll have to go online to either like eBay or just Craigslist to see who can who who can buy it from individually. But... Maybe on the Big Bad Toy Store. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I know checked. they still had, like, Titans Return Soundwave listed, so... Oh, yeah. Big Red Toy Store is everything. How would you rate the difficulty of the um, robot mode, like, going from helicopter to robot mode for Springer? It's a little bit easier, but my biggest complaint is figuring out how to get the head to safely pop out while folding the uh, the cockpit down. Emphasis on safely. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. the head sculpt, or the head piece tends to pop out, and not only that, but even if you do try to um, keep it in, 
chances are the cockpit, as it's going forward to form the chest, will put stress on the uh, ears, so to speak, of the mold. So sometimes I just pop the head off of the toy just to avoid that damage. And it's actually surprisingly easy because it is very loose. It's But if you insist on uh, keeping your heads or your Springer head on, I kind of recommend putting some solid, uh, or I'm sorry, some clear nail polish or crazy glue and just letting that rest there so that way it can build a layer. Yeah. <laughs> so you can have something to grip on. But hold on, we're almost done here. But other than that, if they did a little bit better designing, I think Springer transferring from robot mode to, or I mean, sorry, from helicopter mode to robot mode would be a lot easier because like the arms are almost done and with the legs, you just got to split off the tail of the helicopter and then just, you know, fancy fold some stuff back. But yeah. <laughs> so here we go. Plug that in and all oh, you figured out the sword. And then here we go with the robot mode. Aiden, what do you think? Oh, this is this is actually what I've been looking forward to the entire time we've been talking about these, because from what from toy reviews that I've watched and what I've seen, this is a really really good figure. The robot mode is the best part, from what many people have said, and I can see what they mean by it. So for accessories for the robot mode, we've got Springer's iconic sword, which does become the rotary blades in the helicopter mode. And he's got a, a nice generic looking Transformers gun, but it's trans it's a Transformers gun. What do you expect? And it's actually got uh two It's got two missiles. That you use pressure activated. It's I did that earlier, caused mm-hmm. the thing to fly out, so I mean, to make sure that doesn't happen again, I'm gonna shoot him right at the table. Mm-hmm. And right. if you push on it hard enough, both of them will launch at the same time. The weakest part of this figure is number one, the face sculpt. Well oh the head sculpt. <laughs> the head Head sculpt and the face sculpt. Now, the head sculpt by itself is pretty cool, but the face sculpt is where it's lacking because, like a lot of other Transformers figures, the face sculpt isn't that pretty to look at. But that's that's kind of just a nitpick of mine. But I really feel like the only place that I actually really don't like is the legs. They look great They re- and are painted pretty well, What part where there is paint. It's just... Like, the posability in the legs is pretty limited, especially with the feet not having an ankle pivot, which is a bit annoying, especially since they sculpted it at an angle to simulate an ankle pivot. But the posability is definitely pretty good, especially for a Generations figure, and that's what sells this robot mode for me. Mechanical detail's great, and aside from the complaints I listed earlier, I got nothing else. Now, uh, as for how many... Springer Swords, I'd rate this out of 5. I'd give it a solid 4 out of 5. Like I said earlier, the only problem I have is the legs and the the face sculpt. It's perfect posability for a Hasbro figure, and especially a Generations figure. Oh, yeah. How many Springer Swords would you give this? <laughs> I, too, would give this Springer figure, like, a 4 out of 5. Uh, my only complaints about it, it's not so much the posability, because um, I feel like it or like a toy of its time, it was pretty solid. But my main complaint is just how it relies so much on like tabbing into things. Yeah, that... which is kind of annoying sometimes because uh, like with a lot of high-end Transformers figures, even low-end, sometimes things have trouble tabbing in, especially yeah. when with things that rely on it. Oh, yeah. Like um, 
the forearms have like the little the have a little piece of the the uh, car modes, I guess, windshield on it, and it does tend to pop up a little bit loose. But and that, then, that was also a problem in the helicopter mode. So, <laughs> oh yeah, and then the uh, oh yeah, the part where the I guess the shoulders plug into the torso also like have to move around a bit in order for the car mode car mode to go into helicopter mode. So, as a result that if you're not if they're not plugged firmly into the uh, rest of the torso, if you try to rotate the arms. They will pop out too, but, um, but you know, for the most part, you can't if you just gotta be careful with like making sure it's all aligned properly. Mm-hmm. And then again, like the again, the other part is I felt I could forgive like everything else, but the one part the my main complaint is how because the way the cockpit folds down to become the upper torso's like pecs, I guess, yeah, it you. You really, it really is the safest option is to just pop that head off, so that way you don't risk damaging. In a transformer, I don't really think should do that. Yeah, parts forming never exactly. fun. It, I mean, it's not wasn't intended to do that, but it makes it easier, which is a problem. Also, side note: great light piping on this. Oh yeah, Thanks. I mean, again, you're only damaging like the little fins that form or that's supposed to be the ears, but you yeah. know, it's not you don't want to see that stress marks on that plastic, especially for something that's so beautiful of a figure and so well designed that it's all it's almost there to be like a five out of five but it's it tries right really there. hard it's I'm not right gonna give there. it any i'm not gonna knock any points for the effort so but all of its joints nice and clicky mm-hmm. overlord's got a final base mode that's much like the original power master version it's supposed to change into a munitions factory but I think the other one looks a little bit better. Um, instead, Overlook changes into a very large lookout post with a cannon, <laughs> I guess. That's supposed to be like, it's like the legs just pop spread wide into like a Y formation. So you get half of the tank turret on one side, half of the other. And then the main turret goes with on like the chest to become like a, a stationary artillery cannon. And then the rest of the torso becomes a tower with the cockpit drone thing becoming having an actual fold-out lookout post for a Titan's Return figure. Mm-hmm. Overall, I think it's a cool-looking idea, but it's not the best base mode I've seen out of any Transformer ones. In fact, uh, within this line, the Sunway figure actually does a lot more to make it look a little bit more hospitable for the Titan figures. But it's not that bad of a base mode. So I would give it... Um, Four, no, three out of five watchtowers. It's not that great, but it's not that bad. It gets the job done, and it's certainly better than Titan Master, Power Master, Optimus Prime. Yes, Titans, no, I'm sorry, Titans Returns, Power Master, Optimus Prime. So we're finishing off Last Night of the Wreckers, and then after that, we begin to explore a little bit more of the Cup's backstory, including the origin story of uh, how he was found and what was he doing before he joined the Wreckers on Garrus 9? So, but before we go, we haven't used our one Bay Bomb of the Week. Aiden, would you like to send us out? So yeah, join us next week when we finish off Last Stand of the Wreckers. Let's not pull a Michael Bay here and quit right after the fifth one. And also next week, Aiden will come back with better material. 